Yo, today's QOD is choose and have a good day every day. Here we go. Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We got Ed Foreman back on the show today. And actually, these next two episodes are going to talk about attitude, how you can choose to have a good day or a bad day. And what Ed's going to do today is show you what it looks like when you choose the latter. Here's Ed. Now, let me show you how you can actually, there wouldn't be a person in this room that would choose the other side of the menu, but let me show you how better than half of the people out there in the real world make the terrible side of the menu their day every day. What you do is you get up late. You know, when the clock sounds, you say, oh, no, gosh, is it time to get up already? And you throw a little tantrum right then, you know. Never did like daylight savings time anyhow. And then when the first news alarm goes off, you hit at it and you knock the clock off of the table. You jump up, you go running into the toilet, and you stump your toe on the way into the toilet. And there you are in there shaving, just fast and you can self shaving, put a little piece of toilet paper on there to keep them bleeding to death, you know. Then you can self again, put another little piece of toilet paper on there. First thing you know, your face looks like a cotton patch, a little piece of toilet paper stuck all over it, you know. Or girls, you're putting your makeup on and your finger slips and goes right in your eye, and tears start running down, you make a little ravine right down through your makeup, you know. And here you are, got yourself off to that bad kind of a start. You don't have time to read anything inspirational. But on the way into the kitchen, you scoop up the morning newspaper so you can memorize the front page. Read about all the murders, wars, and rapes that happened the night before, you know. Get all that bad news working in your head. You go running in there to the kitchen, and your sweetheart has your hot cup of coffee poured, and you go to drink, and you go, Yeah! What are you doing? Trying to scold me? You know the saucer and blow this stuff. I'm in a hurry. And you get into a good argument with her or him while you're pouring that hot acid down into your stomach. Got all that bad news working in your head. And you reach over there and you pick up a cigarette and you light it and you start sucking that smoke down in there with that hot acid into that empty stomach so you can go, <laughs> You know, get that film right off the bottom of your gut, you know. In fact, I don't know why you don't just run out there in the driveway and kneel down behind your car and put your lips right over the tailpipe and just start sucking that right into your lungs. And a lot of people say, but I smoke to relax. Well, that'll relax you. It's just a little bit faster than putting a bunch of dried up leaves and a piece of paper, spitting on it, rolling it up and setting one end on fire and sucking the carbon monoxide through there. But what we do, we get all that working in our guts, you know, get all that going, look at our watch and say, yep, 13 minutes late, just like always. Go running out there, jump in the car, screech out that driver, oh, look out world, here he comes. Like a 5,000 pound semi-guided missile headed down that highway. You get down there that first traffic light and there's some dodo sitting through a green light. You sit down on that horn, you say, move on, stupid! He says, shut up, fat mouth! And he catches you right there in a red light. But here's something you've learned to do. If you'll sit there and race your engine, it'll make that light change faster. 
In fact, you found out that if you race your engine and double your fist up and wave it at him and mumble obscenities at the same time, it'll make that light change. It's something about your technical training background, you know. And sure enough, you change your light and it's go out, go through about three of those, finally get out of the office, go in and say, Good morning, John. You go, and he said, boy, he like a bad breath tiger this morning. Better watch out for him. He'll snap one off of you, you know. And that feeling goes throughout the entire organization. And then in comes that story. And he said, John, I thought you said you're going to get this contract ready. You're going to do this and this and this. And he did like a big old hot air balloon going. You say, what? Well, just one doggone minute, buddy. Let me tell you a thing or two. That's like reaching up there, grabbing his balloon and going. Pow! And hot air and spit goes all over everybody. He goes out there telling everybody what a no-good scoundrel John is, and John works, 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 works till he about to fall over like a dead dog with his feet sticking up in the air. And finally, about 6.30, 7 o'clock this evening, you get out your briefcase, commonly referred to in our program as a monkey cage, and that's one of the things that we show you how to keep the monkey off your back, but you start unloading those stinking, squeaking monkeys off your back, put them in that briefcase so you can take them home, tell your wife how overworked and underpaid you, how rough life is, nobody even realized what the business world is today and all the fight we have, you know. In fact, not too long ago, a fellow said he got into... Well, he was taking a big, fat briefcase full of work home with him every night and said his little six-year-old daughter was talking to her mother, and she said, Mommy, she said, why is it that Daddy doesn't have time to visit with me and talk to me after supper like he used to? She said, well, sweetheart, said, you know, your father just got a promotion. He's got a very important job down at the office now, and he's got so much to do during the day. He can't get it all done, and he has to bring it home and worry and work with it here after supper at night. And the little six-year-old first grader said, Mommy... Why don't they put him in a slower group? <laughs> now, now, if you're getting into the habit of taking a great big fat stinking briefcase full of monkeys home with you every night, you might take a lesson with that. But what we have an interest to do, we throw that in the back seat of the car, get out the first traffic light, and there's that same dodo you followed to work this morning. You go through about three lights, you finally get home, and your sweetheart says to you, John, what kind of a day did you have today? And you tell her. And it gets worse from there on. Now, given that kind of a choice, which side of the menu would you take? Which side would you take, John? Terrific. Yeah, he says he'd take the terrific side. Now, if I went around here today and I asked each one of you to stand and publicly identify the side of the menu that you'd take, chances are every single one of you in here would say, Why, of course, Ed, I'd take the terrific side. Any intelligent person would. But do you know that better than half the people out there in the real world, full well knowing that if they get up late, grab a cup of coffee, a greasy donut, and a cigarette on the run, they're going to have a bad day. They do it day after day after day after day because they've developed the habit of doing it. You know the type I'm talking about. They say, I don't get ulcers, I give them mothers. You know the type. Now, if there were a way, if there were a way that every person that you would meet could help you be reminded of this little daily menu and therefore choose and have a good day every day, you'd want to know how to do it, wouldn't you? Say it. All right, people come up to you and they say to you, good morning, how are you? And what's the normal sidewalk response to that common everyday question? That's right. Fine, there are you. We got, just like we got two recordings in us. One of them says, good morning, how are you? And the other says, fine, how are you? Heard it all up and down the halls out here this morning, you know. You see a guy walking along, he says, my wife died last night. And the other says, fine, how are you? You know, they don't pay a bit of attention in the world, do you? Now, I'm not talking about that 50% below. You say, good morning, how are you? And they say, woo! Man, I got a 
got one of them old Southern Comfort headaches this morning. Or old old ruptures poking out. Let me show you how bad it is here. I'm not talking about that 50% blow that started unloading about how bad they feel. I'm talking about that 50% above that say, fine, how are you? From now on, anytime, anywhere, anybody says to you, good morning, how are you? Good afternoon, how are you? Good day, how are you? You're just going to automatically see that they're holding this menu right up in front of them, right on their forehead, just like this. <laughs> and they're saying, good morning, which side of the menu will you take? And you're going to respond with one single word. And the word is terrific, T-E-R-R-I-F-I-C. And a lot of people say to me, oh, come on now, Ed. You mean to tell me that that little cheerleading cliche is going to help me have a good day? That is precisely what I mean. And let me tell you the psychology and explain it to you, the psychology behind this. You see, your conscious mind is like the captain on the bridge of a ship. The captain looks out across the horizon and he says, All clear! Full steam ahead! And the men down in the engine room sock the power to it and it's full steam ahead. They never do say, I wonder if the captain's got a hangover. Maybe it ought to be about 30 degrees left and about a half steam. <laughs> they automatically implement the orders that are called to it from the bridge. And so does your subconscious mind begin to implement the orders that you consciously give it when you awaken every morning. If you get up in the morning, you say, aha, what a beautiful morning. Look at that magnificent sunrise. Smell the crispness of the morning air. It just begins to program you for that kind of a positive good day. If you get up in the morning, you say, ah, boy, it's going to be a tough booger today. It says, fine, stump toe on the way to the toilet. Nick self shaving, burn self with coffee. Have dummies stop in front of green, or green light. It just begins to program you for that kind of a day. And a lot of people say to me, oh, come on now, Ed. You mean to tell me that you feel terrific every single day? Why, certainly not. But I always tell myself I do. And pretty soon, I do. That's the exciting thing that I'm talking about here. It's the as-if principle. You act as if you're happy. You act as if you're healthy. You act as if you're successful. And pretty soon, you begin to become that way. Not too long ago, I had a business executive, one of the major leaders of one company that we'd been doing some work for. And he said, ah, oh, now, come on, Foreman. He said, if I'm not sincerely feeling happy and enthusiastic, I'm not going to put on a false front and act like I'm happy and enthusiastic. And I said to him, you know, I'd tend to one rather have someone around me that was acting like they were happy and enthusiastic than a sincere sore head any day. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Of course you would. All right, that was Ed Foreman. His website is edforeman.com. You can watch or listen to today's entire talk on YouTube. It is called Best Motivation for Business and Life. I'll see you tomorrow. We've got Throwback Thursday with Keith Harrell. I'll see you then. I'm out. Peace. Peace.